Hello and welcome to another episode of Football Talk Podcast. My name is Ozzy and I'm your host for today's show. Apologies, I've been off for a week, but we're back, raring to go. Uh, probably not the best of times for Liverpool fans, but it is what it is. So let's start with our match week 14 review. The first game will obviously have to be Liverpool versus Leeds United. So the Anfield record has been broken. How do I feel about it? I guess it was going to end one day. You know, records are there to be broken. But truthfully, I wasn't expecting Leeds United, respectively, to end the to run. I don't want to do a match review in huge detail, as I feel like there's a bigger discussion to have with regards to the current state of Liverpool right now. So I've seen all over social media, some fans have turned on the manager, so there's a lot of club out trending hashtags going on. For me, that would be suicidal, to say the least. I don't think that is the right way of doing things at Liverpool right now. If you sack Klopp, which other manager are you going to point to take his place there isn't many managers out there for me that are on the level of Klopp so you know I would say shame on some fans but I do understand the frustration um it's been one of those seasons where I don't quite know why it's gone as bad as it has but for me personally I still have the utmost faith in Jürgen Klopp the points tally is similar to what was endured during the Hodgson era which is quite alarming to even say but I feel like this is a slightly different situation we have a much better team we have a world-class manager and we have a backroom staff that hopefully should change the fortunes of this team this season but another disgusting point has been FSG a lot of fans have been more FSG out, obviously. Top Reds are still FSG in. For me, I'm a bit on the fence. I don't really have a strong opinion on both aspects. But what I will say is that I believe the football club has outgrown the business model that FSG first deployed when they took over from the club. We're no longer a team that is striving to be at the top anymore. We've been playing at an elite level for four to five years now. So it's not solely FSG's fault, in my opinion. I think Klopp and FSG need to take some accountability in terms of what's happened so far this season. Firstly, regarding the owners, FSG should have changed their business model since we won the Champions League, which was in 2019. We haven't invested heavily in the team since that year. When you become number one in Europe or number one in your country because we won the Premier League the following year, it's very hard to stay on top and maintain that level. Another point is we haven't spent a lot of money over the years. The only time we have spent money is when we've made sales. So it's basically sell to buy at this stage, we're being outspent by lower teams in the Premier League, which is quite embarrassing to even say. So, FSG 
have to take some accountability in terms of why the t- the team hasn't done well, or should I say, hasn't progressed over the years. We've done well last year. We we're very close to winning the league, but I feel like we're still playing catch up, and we're not really on the same level as Man City in terms of a full squad depth because that's been quite evident in terms of our season so far. From day one, we've had so many injuries. Now, with regards to Jürgen Klopp, he has to have, he has to be evaluated as well. I think he's been a bit naive in terms of recruitment in the last couple of seasons. All summer, he was confused by fans and the media asking him questions about signing a new midfielder. He was very adamant that we have enough quality. I guess if you look at it on paper, yes, we have the numbers. But in reality, the age of our midfield and I would say the availability of a lot of the players in that department is one of the reasons why we're currently in a downfall at this at this stage. Fabinho is 29 years old. Thiago is 31. Henderson is 32. Milner is 36. Ox is 29. Kate is 27. Actually, thought he was a lot older, <laughs> but he's 27. And then you've got players like Jones, who's 21, and Elliot, who are nine, who's 19. These are young and up-and-coming players. And we also signed Artemelo, who's out injured right now. He's 26. But the core of that midfield were, were the first few names that I mentioned. They're pretty much early 30s, mid-30s. So for a midfield that's renowned for being industrious and full of energy, we're a shadow of ourselves. For me, there's no more oil in the engine right now. So that was very evident in the game against Leeds United over the weekend. We were outrun by 11 kilometres. So that's one kilometre per player, which is very alarming. And unfortunately has been the tale of our season so far. A lot of fans were asked, why have Liverpool been successful in the Champions League where, I know we've lost to Napoli, but we've pretty much secured qualification and they haven't done so well in the Premier League. Premier League is a different ball game. It's more fast-paced, it's more intense, but teams have figured us out. We're not a dynamic team. We're outworked, outmuscled, in every department. Defensively, we've been poor. And I think that's due to the fact that the midfield have been below par and we've been exposed more more so than ever defensively. So it's a tricky one to kind of point why we've done so bad. The solution is to keep faith with the manager. That's not even a, that's not even a consideration for me. FSG, for me, they need to reevaluate their business model as the squad is in serious need of new additions, especially in midfield. And I would say recruitment needs to be done as soon as the next window, which is in January. We can't afford to wait until next summer as there's no guarantee that we'll finish in the top four. And that's the truth. So some hard truths there. But for me, we have to say it openly and it is what it is in that regards. If FSG value this club and don't just see us as a business venture, They'll back the manager in the next window and back him with some quality additions and not the, you know, the odd 
championship player here and there, which happened over the years. So, so yeah, I think it's a shame in terms of where Liverpool are right now, but there's a lot of work that needs to be done. But let's talk about the game as well. So, the first goal we conceded was dreadful, to say the least. I couldn't believe my eyes. It felt like there was a glitch when you're playing FIFA. Um, it was just, just didn't know what happened. It was a terrible start for Liverpool. Van Dijk was asleep and pretty much let Rodrigo go past him and hit the hit the empty net, which was disappointing to see. Liverpool managed to get the equaliser. It was a great cross by Robertson to Salah, who cushions it in the back of the net. Nunes had a few chances. One shot, I remember, was on the left-hand side, tried to hit in the bottom corner, saved by the keeper. And there was another similar opportunity where it was outside the box. Tried to hit top corner. Good save by the Leeds United keeper. But there was one chance where he was through on goal. And I feel like he should have tried to lob the keeper. Nunes, I've said this quite a few times, he's quite erratic with his decision-making. And he doesn't seem to have any finesse in his finishing. Normally, when he's in that situation, he normally smashes the ball in the hope of scoring. On this occasion, he did neither. So that was quite disappointing in terms of how he performed. Leeds United, they got the winner later on in the game. It was a great goal by Somerville. Great first touch as he squeezes through Van Dijk and Gomez. And he finishes with the outside of his foot. Great goal for the young man who just turned 21 and has done really well so far this season. Overall, a nightmare result for Liverpool. But, you know, a week, match week 14... Keep going. That's all we can do. Hopefully our luck changes as the season goes on. Injury crisis hasn't stopped. But rival fans would just say we're pulling out the violins right now. But it's the truth. And it is what it is in that regards. Next game I'll analyse is Arsenal versus Nottingham Forest. So another great performance from the Gunners. Still top of the league. Um, with two points clear. They're playing with such confidence. Maybe they are the real title challenges here. Who knows? Remains to be seen. We have, we're not even hit halfway of the season yet, so we'll see how it goes. But so far, so good for the Gunners. The first goal was a great pass by Saka to Martinelli, who heads the heads the ball into the back of the net. I think you know he had aerial ability, so interesting to see a different variation of goal scoring from the Brazilian winger there. Second goal. What a great moment for Reese Nelson. Someone who I think deserves more game time personally. I think he's a great talent and has shown his potential over the years. So it's great to see that he's got his opportunity in this game. And he scores his first goal, smashes it in the top of, top of the net from close range. His second one was a nicely guided finish into the bottom corner. Thomas Partey pretty much joined in and scored a fantastic goal from the edge of the box. And Odegaard gets on the score sheet to make it five. So, a great goal from the captain there. Onwards and upwards for Arsenal. They're in great form right now. Top of the league. So, let's see how it goes for them. Next game, Brighton versus Chelsea. So, Graham Potter returns to his former club. And I have to be honest, really surprised with this result. Didn't see this one coming. Trossard, who has been sensational for Brighton this season... Opens the scoreline with a great left foot finish. Now, this is the funny part. Well, 
if you're neutral. I know if you're a Chelsea fan, but considering two consecutive on goals, first from uh, Loftus-Cheek and a second from Sholaba, which is unlucky for both players. Chelsea managed to get a goal um, after half-time. Great whipped cross by Gallagher to Havertz, uh, who heads the ball towards the centre of the goal. For me, the Brighton goalkeeper, Sanchez, should have saved that. It pretty much was headed right at him. And he seemed to be terrified of the ball more than anything else. So, should have done better there, in my opinion. Brighton, they got the final goal to make it number four. Trussard had a couple shots on goal. But it was Gross who gets the final finish to round off a great result for the Seagulls. So, they're flying right now. They're doing amazingly. I think they've surprised a lot of the neutral fans. Me personally, I'm not too surprised to how well they've done because I've always believed they played great football, but now it's representing results and they're climbing up the table right now. So, great season so far for Brighton. Next game, Bournemouth and Tottenham. So, Tottenham bounced back in great fashion after being 2-0 down. Started well for Bournemouth where they opened the scoreline through Moore's lovely clinical finish, but on corner, he scored a second goal. With a, with a header and pretty much surprised the Spurs fan in the way end. Sessegnon was able to get the first goal uh, before he was substituted off. Nice left foot shot, got a slight deflection, but I think it definitely helped rally the team and um, go for more in terms of getting more goals. Davis equalises from a corner with a header and then it was the Uruguay midfielder, Bento Core who stabs in a shot from a set piece to grab the winner. From a Bournemouth's point of view, poor defending in set pieces cost them the points, unfortunately. For Spurs, on the other hand, they'll be happy with the win after a tough result midweek in the Champions League, where they had a controversial VAR decision ruled out against Sporting Lisbon. So a good response from contest team, as sometimes after a game of that magnitude, it can sort of dampened the morale of the squad. But they were fighting in this, in this match, so credit to them for getting the result. Speaking of flying, Newcastle versus Aston Villa. So what a result from the two Nami. And they're flying right now. Those comments made by Jack Grealish in the summer after celebrating the title win regarding Almiron uh, has, <laughs> has unlocked something in him and he's... He's been phenomenal so far this season. He played a part in getting Newcastle's uh, penalty in, in the first half after Ashley Young handballs in the box. Great finish by Callum Wilson to take the lead. The second goal, great dig cross by Trippier towards Callum Wilson, who heads the ball to the ground, but somehow it manages to bounce up and hit the back of the net. When, that, when I saw that shot, I thought it was going wide, but lucky finish for him regardless. Speaking of Callum Wilson, uh, I think he's been in fantastic form this season. And I, I don't know if a lot of people think he has a chance, but I feel like he's definitely been in conversation of being selected for the English squad in the World Cup. I think he offers something different uh, up top with his pace. He's a good finisher, but he plays on the shoulder, which could be something that they could utilise, especially against teams that play with low blocks. So... If he continues his form, it'll be very hard not to select him into that squad. But back to the game. Joe Linton 
he gets the third goal for Newcastle after a great and uh, great anti, um, counter attack, and Almiron. Uh, this was a ridiculous goal from him. Sublime shot, curled into the top corner. Beautiful goal. He's he's scoring worldies every week. So scintillating form from him right now. And Newcastle continuing their good run. That puts them in fourth position. And they've been fantastic so far this season and a joy to watch. And let's see how their season goes because they're surprising a lot of people. I think they've recruited really well in the January window and in the summer. You know, they've got unlimited funds, but they just haven't splashed the cash on fancy names here and there. They've gone for players that I feel like fits their philosophy in terms of what the manager wants from his team. So credit to Newcastle. I think they're doing fantastically well so far this season. Next game, Leicester City versus Man Man City. So Man City get the win, but it wasn't an easy afternoon. Leicester had some great chances to take the lead, but in the end, it was Kevin De Bruyne who was a difference maker with a beautifully executed free kick. Great strike from the Belgian midfielder. Speaking of another Belgian mid- midfielder, Tielemans almost took uh, the limelight from his countrymen. They were a great half volley, which was saved by the goalkeeper. Overall, it wasn't the best of games, wasn't the most entertaining of games, but these are the games that make you champions, um, where you don't play your best, but you still manage to get the win. Leicester City, despite the loss, for me, showed a great fight and their performances has improved dramatically over the last few weeks. They're showing more intensity in their play and that will only help the team progress and hopefully climb up that table as well. So, obviously, not not, not nice to lose a full match, but I think they're moving towards the right direction in terms of their season right now. The final game I'll review is Manchester United versus West Ham. So United get the important win as Rashford produces a powerful header to hit the back of the net. And that is his 100th goal for Manchester United, which is a great achievement. And it was a lovely cross by Ericsson with the assist. I'll be really impressed with Rashford's overall play this season. I mentioned Callum Wilson earlier regarding his chances of being in the English squad. For me, Rashford definitely deserves a mention as he's been playing with great confidence. He offers the same sort of capabilities as a Callum Wilson, but he can also play on the left-hand side quite comfortably. So, obviously, Rashford has been in the England setup a lot more, so he might be regarded as the more of an automatic choice. But both players, for me, deserve some sort of shout in terms of how they play this season. So... Still got a few weeks in terms of the England squad um, being released, so we'll see how that goes and we can discuss that in more detail. But back to the game. De Gea deserves a mention for his World Cup saves, especially in the latter stages of the game. And that one particular save against Zuma's header, um, that save alone makes his man of the match, in my opinion. Fred was very unlucky not to get on the score sheet as his header hits the post. Declan Rice... Almost got the equaliser for West Ham with a great effort on goal, long distance shot. And again, the here to the rescue produces another fantastic save. So that win puts United in fifth place with a game in hand. So they're climbing up the table and getting some good wins, showing some good form. So they're doing really well so far. So 
that's my wrap up of match week 14 before i conclude the show just wanted to give a shout out to our fpl manager of the week which is mark holgate whose team name is don't believe the hype so well done to mark who got 91 points which is amazing in terms of how he's performed a lot of the the, uh, the managers in my league they're pretty much in the 60 70 mark i looked at mark's team and he had callum wilson as, as captain so that was definitely a master stroke and got him the edge over everyone else in the in the league so well done to mark uh, for his performance there let's see how you go how it goes for you next week my performance i got 64 points i'm currently 35th in the league which for me is not good enough so i have a lot of work to do but it's a long season ahead so we'll see how it goes but as always thank you for tuning in if you're new to the channel please don't forget to like comment and subscribe um, in terms of my content coming up this week i will be doing a match preview tomorrow so i might do an earlier show at 6 p.m uk time and i'll be doing a match reaction of liverpool versus napoli tomorrow evening at 11 p.m and then we'll be doing a match preview on thursday as well at 11 p.m looking ahead at the games including spurs versus liverpool uh, which is not one that i'm looking forward to but probably a football fan it is what it is i guess in that regards but as always guys thank you for tuning in take care stay safe and i hope to see you all soon good night <laughs>